How about put your left hand on your uh, temple and your right hand on your heart? Father, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord God, you do a miracle. A miracle that goes beyond the limitations of man, God. A miracle, Lord God, that only you can receive the glory and the honor for. Lord God, we just pray now, God, that we would hear your word. Lord, as we touch the side of our head, we pray, Lord God, that we would hear with understanding and clarity, not the words of a man, but your word, Lord God. We need a word from you. Lord, a divine word, a supernatural word, a life-giving word, a healing word, a resurrection word, Lord God. We need a word. We need a word. We hear it in our ear and receive it in our mind. Lord God, please help it not to stop there, but go down into our heart. Lord God, to truly transform us, Lord God. Move it into the very depth of our spirit, man, Lord God, that we would live it out, that we would walk in the truth of it, that our faith, Lord God, would take hold of it. And Lord God, what you've said supernaturally would become manifested in the natural. Lord God, that we would rise up above the limitations that, that is, uh, we see in this world, Lord God, and let it come from your word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. So we pray, God, that our faith would arise to a whole new level even now in Jesus' name. And to God be the glory and the honor and the praise. Everybody said, Amen. 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 I pray you're expecting your miracle now. You receive that word, that miracle word from God. The word of God will take care of everything that you will ever have need of. If whatever you need, you need a word. You need the word of God. So we're just excited about getting into the word. And without any further delay, I know you probably want to get home and, and, uh, and get ready for tomorrow. But we're going to receive that word. So let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's begin there. Hebrews chapter 11, just uh, two verses of scripture to begin with here. Verse 5 and 6, we're going to pick up on and, and maybe wrap up our series on diligence, the power of diligence. This is a message that's straight from the Word of God. It's a message that will help your business. It's a message that will help your, help your health. It's a message that will help relationships. It's a message that will help your finances. And we're going to show you all the benefits of diligence here tonight. There's power in diligence. Here in Hebrews 11, verse 5, uh, he says, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. God raptured him up as just to show us that God's going to do a rapture one day and for us that are walking with him and that last trump shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord and be with him in the air forever be with the Lord. Here, Enoch's just a foretaste of that, letting us see that what God said, they didn't find his body, they couldn't find him because he was just raptured up and taken there uh, before the Lord. For he had this testimony. Why, was, why did God show us that? Because he had this testimony, and the Bible says before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Is it your commitment to please the Lord? Like Brother Frankie was talking about tonight, you've got to press through that flesh. You've got to press through those soulish limitations. I'm that soul, the soulish things of this world sees oh, the circumstances and the realities around you, but faith sees beyond that and sees what God says and moves into that rather than the limitation of what you see. And that's what he did. He pleased God. Look at verse 6. Because without faith it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. When you come to God, you have to believe that He is. He is what? If you need healing, He's your healer. If you need deliverance, He's your deliverer. If you need salvation, He will save you. If you need whatever you need, you need joy, He'll give you joy. If you need peace, He can give you peace. If you need prosperity, He can give you prosperity. He is. He is. We must believe that He is. 
and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, say diligently, who diligently seek him. We underlined that word, diligently. He didn't say just seeking him. He could have said he's a rewarder. He has rewards for those who seek him. That's not what he said. He said, I have rewards for those who diligently seek me. So we've been studying the power of diligence. This is the third message in this series. And tonight we want to look at some rewards for diligence. Biblically, looking in what God says is part of those rewards. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And let me just tie that into what Jesus taught us in Matthew 6 and 33 when he said... We are to not be running after the houses and the land and the clothes and the food and all this stuff. He said that's what, that's what the Gentiles do. That's what the world, that's what the heathen are doing. He says, but you are to seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And I'll add on. He, didn't, he wasn't against that stuff. He was against us running after that stuff, putting it before him. He said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and I will add all of this to you. And that word seek in the Greek uh, means diligently, diligently pursue, diligently focus on. That, that's its definition. And we must uh, diligently seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Amen. So let's look at some rewards for diligence uh, and, and the, that the Bible gives us. One that we want to start with is that the soul of the diligent shall be fat. God says that your soul shall be fat. And that word fat really comes from a Hebrew word that means to be fattened, to prosper, a sign of prosperity. I remember uh, when uh, Pastor Rodika and I first met, and uh, boy, the Lord opened the heavens, and I just knew this was the one God told me, and it was amazing. It was a miracle and all this stuff. And I remember after we were engaged and all, I said, well, you know, I've always had quite a square frame. She said, what do you mean? I said, I don't know why. I've always been more square than the tall, lanky guy. Because she kept talking about uh, her brother Abraham that was escaping prison. Uh, I mean, escaping prison. He was escaping Romania and was killed in that escape. And, and she talked about how tall and lanky and muscular he was. And he was lifting weights. And I, I was a little insecure. You know, I'm like, well, you know, that's not me. And, and, and I can't compete with the, the, the deceased. I mean, you know, they're always the hero. And I said, well, you know, I'm just kind of square by nature. Uh, and she said, square, I love your personality. I said, no, not my personality, just my, my, my body type is more square. And she said, oh, I like that. She, she had more of an accent back then. She said, I like that. I said, really? She said, in Romania, we had bread lines and the little skinny people were poor people. And uh, the square people were the rich people. Oh, that's a sign of great wealth and health. And I said, hallelujah. God knows what he's doing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> that's why she married me. Okay, so I can never lose the weight. <laughs> but, but here it says, the soul of the diligent shall be fattened or prospered. We see that in Proverbs 13 and 4. Look, it says, the soul of a lazy man desires is what it says there. And that word ava in the Hebrew means is always wishing. I wish I had more. I wish I had this. I wish, wish, wish. For the soul of a lazy man is always wishing and has nothing. But the soul of a diligent, look at there, there it is. The soul of the diligent 
the Bible says, shall be made rich. And that word is dashan, which means prospered, fattened. And that word diligent in the Hebrew, karups, means uh, to take the time to sharpen the instrument so that the instrument with determination can do what it was created to do. Rather than rushing into it with a dull axe, you're taking the time to sharpen the axe. Rather than trying to chop all that food for all that Romanian cooking you guys do with a dull knife, you take the time to sharpen the knife. That's diligence. That's diligence. And then you'll be able to cut through, slice through, move through any obstacles in a great way. So the, the Bible is telling us that God has created us and to function this certain way. That, that this is the heart of God. This is the mind of God. He did not create us to, to, to be lazy. He did not create us to hastily rush into things. He said that we are to put pressure on with zeal and taking time to get the point sharp and keep pressing until we can press through. And then the prosperity, then the fatness will come. So God says, I've created you for this process. And this process takes diligence. How many of you know that most processes you've ever gone through in life, it took diligence. When you started, you were not at the end. There were steps that had to be taken there, whether it was pregnancy, if you remember that, in the birth process, you get excited, you, the, the, the little thing says positive, we're pregnant, but that's not the baby. That is, everything's not over then. Then uh, you begin to grow a little and a little and a little. Your appetite begins to grow a little and a little. And I had Kuvad. I claimed that. I don't know if it's real or not. So as she gained, I gained. She, she splurged, I splurged. And, uh, and, and there we were. The process of bringing about birth. The same is true growing up spiritually, growing up physically, growing up mentally. There's a process. We're not born into this world plopping and we know everything and can do everything. There is a process. The same with education and learning is a process. And, and promotion and, and advancement. Uh, why in the world would we think that there shouldn't be a process in that as well? And that process requires diligence. We've got to go through the process because the process is what makes the end result more enjoyable. If we just got everything handed to us, I'm telling you what, you would be miserable. If you never went through the process of learning to roll over from your stomach to your back and getting your parents with great joy, wow, they rolled over, wow. And then the next thing, pulling themselves up, you know, looking up and then getting up on their knees or scooting. We had some that scooted rather than crawl. And, uh, and then they went to crawling and oh, how cute that was. All part of the process. And then walking and falling and walking and toddler, you toddling, you know what? And, uh, but making everything stronger and learning balance and all. And boy, you see the joy in all of the processes. What if you were just born and carried around all of your life? You never learned to walk. You never learned to crawl. You never learned to use your hands. You just lay there and just had to be cared for. You would be quite miserable. We are created with purpose and destiny in mind, and it takes process to get us into those places. Proverbs 21 and 5 says uh, that, our, that, that this power of diligence not only affects these other areas, it affects our finances as well. Brother Frankie says, you know, we don't want to talk about money in church. Well, I, I agree with him. Some folks don't want to talk about money in the church when they got a withered arm. But when you understand the kingdom of God and the economy of God, you want to know, God, 
Most of my life is dealing out here in business. I spend more hours at work and then after work, going to the bank, getting the check, uh, checkbook, uh, getting the bills, paying the bills. I spend a lot of time dealing with money. And to know that there's biblical instruction and righteousness that can help us in that process, I say let's get into the Word for it. And we see here, diligence affects our finances. Proverbs 21 and 5 says, The plans of the diligent uh, lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty or impatient surely to poverty. There's the Word of God says that the plans of the diligent, the diligent needs to make plans and they need to diligently stick with their plan, it will lead to plenty. It will lead to plenty. But if you are hasty and you're not going to be diligent and make plans and diligently stick with the plans, you're going to find that poverty will find you. You'll, have, you'll end up with a $4 million home one day and got to sell it the next day just to try and survive. It all, it, and your life is always up and down and up and down. The individual who is impatient, the Bible says, who wants everything without going through the process uh, will end up with lack in their life. The Bible talks about there's a way to get ahead. There's a way of increase. One is with blessing and one is without blessing. Let me tell you what, I don't want increase, I don't want prosperity, I don't want, I don't want that kind of stuff without the blessing of God. I've seen, I've seen very wealthy people go through some very, very sorrowful and sad times and fighting and divorce and anger and distrust and partnerships in business, uh, stabbing them in the back and embezzlements and all kinds of uh, uh, lawsuits and stuff. It just goes on and on. And, it would be, and they're like, you know, I wish I didn't have any of this. And I just lived out in the country somewhere and nobody even knew me except the gentleman at the general store. You know what? Because there came increase that without the blessing of God on it. And the enemy's attacking, the enemy's destroying, and it causes it to be miserable. But the Bible says there is a life of blessing, or a life of prosperity that comes with the blessing of the Lord. And that's what we want to do. And the only way to have that is to live God's way, do it God's way. So here in Proverbs 10 and 4, he said, He who has a slack hand becomes poor. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. The hand of the what? The diligent. Diligent. Power of diligence. The hand of the diligence makes rich. Now, you've got to take the book of Proverbs and understand it's God's book of wisdom to us. God has given us his thoughts. He has given us his plans. He says, if you want to know how to succeed in any area and you need wisdom for it, I've given it to you in the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters. There's usually 30 days to 31 days in every month. Read a chapter that corresponds with the day of the month. Today's the ninth, is it not? You'd be reading chapter 9 of Proverbs. Go through the book of Proverbs every month for the rest of your life. It is the mind of God. It is the understanding of how God supernaturally wants us to operate here in this world. It's the book of principles that ushers one in to the best that God has to offer. So if you want the best in your relationship, you want the best in your mind, you want the best in your attitude, you want the best in your business, you want the best in your uh, uh, finances, then get into the book of Proverbs. And not only read it, but do it. Apply the Word of God. Because the book of Proverbs here states very clearly that a diligent person will have plenty 
and be rich. And when it talks about rich, it's not talking about flying around in Learjets and things like that. The, the word rich means that you, there's an overflow, there's an abundance, there's more than enough. So your needs are met more than enough. And the scripture talks about why God does that. So that we can leave an inheritance for our children and our children's children. And that we can help meet the needs of those that, that uh, are in situations where they cannot provide for themselves. Our widows are orphans, the Bible talks about. And it talks about uh, also investing in the kingdom of God, in the economy of God, with our tithes and our offerings and that. So, so let me tell you what, God has a plan for you to prosper and be rich, but when I say rich, and the Bible talks about rich, it's more of that nature rather than being this greedy individual that has more money than everybody that, that lives on the planet. That's not necessarily what it's talking about. And this word diligence, we've talked about its definition. One of the definitions, if you'll remember, was uh, in the 18th, 19th century in France and England. They had a stagecoach for long journeys. And the stagecoach is called, called a diligence. And if you'll stay in the stagecoach, you will arrive at your destination. And I think that's just such a beautiful uh, a picture for us. If we'll stay in diligence, we will arrive at the promised destination that God has said is ours. Hallelujah. So, so uh, I think that's, that's just a neat picture to always remember when we're thinking about diligence and the power thereof. Now, Webster says this about diligence. It's steady application in business. It's a constant effort or exertion to accomplish something undertaken. It's being attentive, industrious, not idle, not negligent, steadily applying, not careless, and not negligent again. The Vines in Hebrew Dictionary, which gives us the uh, English Dictionary for Hebrew and Greek words, says it literally means a working, a working. It's indicative of a process. So when you hear about diligence, you, and it draws the picture as a process. I get in this stage, now i got to ride through the stage. i got to stick with the stage through all of the bumps and the curves and the mountains and the low places. And if I'll stick with this diligence, I'll arrive at my destination. So it talks about this process. Uh, business, gain gotten by work, endeavor, pains, earnestness, and zeal. We talked about that last week. Talked about that Sunday, about its definition of zeal. God wants us to have a zealous a drive to pursue Him, a zeal to worship Him, a zeal to live according to His Word and to not procrastinate. That's what it means. Do not procrastinate. Do not put off till later, but to attend to carefully. Sharpen the axe so, that, so it's ready to take down the next uh, tree if that's, if that's the, what you've got to go through rather than beating that tree with a dull axe for days in and days out. So a diligent person sees what needs to be done. A diligent person sees it, then they do what they, they do it, even if no one else is doing it, and they keep doing it until they get the desired result. Man, that if you owned a company, wouldn't you love to hire employees who in their resume would say, I have received the reward at every company I've been at, the reward for being the number one diligent employee of the month or of the year. You'd say hired, hired. You say, well, I don't even know what your company does. I'll train you, but you're hired. Because a diligent person, they don't stop because they get tired of doing it. A diligent person, they don't stop because nobody else is doing it. A diligent person, they don't stop because it's no longer, no longer popular because they, they're just not willing to stop even if it takes longer than they expected because a diligent person is going to stay with it until the job is done. 
And I tell you what, I would hire that person. Well, God is saying, that's what I need for the kingdom. I need my children, my sons, my daughters to be diligent in serving me, diligent in ministry, diligent in doing their uh, jobs in the world as a representative of me in everything they do. Everyone who is impatient and hasty, the scripture says, ends up in want. And that means literally people who want it overnight. They want their overnight success. They want their promotion overnight. They, if they don't get promoted as quick as they hope that they would get uh, uh, promoted, they go around disgruntled. They start strife. They feel like they're being mistreated and overlooked and not appreciated, taken advantage of. And they get this attitude. Well, if you don't give me what I want, I'll find someone who will. And I quit is their brave way of handling life's difficulties. The Bible says someone like that is going to live in poverty. They're going to always be trying to, uh, to, to find a way to make ends meet. I'm telling you, and I've seen it before. Now, let me just get practical. I've seen people overspend, and then they get angry with their employer because they have financial pressure. They chose to go and do what they did, but now they're mad at their employer because they've got this financial pressure, and they say, you're not paying me enough to live on, and, and they start telling others, this, this company's not paying me enough to live on, and, and they're disgruntled and they're griping about that. See, there is more to prosperity than, than, than getting just a bigger paycheck. We've got we've to be diligent in being a good steward of what we have. We can't just keep going and going and being, uh, uh, you know, haste, hastily. I, I remember there was uh, this family I knew, and the family, uh, they started out, they, I remember them taking me and showing me a little house that uh, when they first got married, they lived in there, and they lived now, that, that time, in a, just a mansion, a beautiful, beautiful home. And I was like, wow, this, this must be amazing. Oh, it didn't start out here. And they took me, and after dinner one night, uh, they took me by and showed me the little house that they, I said, I can't picture y'all in that house. They said, oh, we love that house. We were just renting it, but we love that house. And we have some of the best memories in that house. We had a little card table. We didn't even have a, a, a dining room table for, for years. And, and then we had this little card table. I said, it was just, it was beautiful. And, uh, and then they, you know, got a, uh, blessed and prospered and they were Christian they were very good and you know just committed to their church and helped build their church and you know and I was doing ministry in this church and I was just hearing uh, about how they were there for this and this and this and how it moved from here to this place and it just kept growing and it was becoming a world outreach center and it was amazing and uh, and I just thought man these folks have got it made the only problem is they had a child and one of the just one child and this child wanted what their, her parents had, she wanted it first thing. She says, I'm getting married. I want such and such square footage of home. I want such and such of antique furniture. And she started naming off all the name brand furniture. Now, and even in the big house, they told me, we lived here for seven years and there was no furniture in all these rooms. Said you would walk in here and these rooms were empty. And we would tell people, we're just saving up and we're going to, you know, get us some furniture one day, but come on back into the family room. We've got an old sofa back there. And, uh, but this daughter was so adamant. She said, no, I won't, I'm not getting married. I'm not, I'm, she just put her foot down. She says, nothing, I'm, I'm going to cause problems, uh, basically. And, uh, and, and I just remember watching this, and I was like, and they came to me for counseling. I'm like, you know, this is, this is really sad, you know, because there are those that feel that way. 
Now, 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 it's not that the parents wanted to withhold from their child, but there's something about going through the process of building and earning. It's a God process you know, of, of scooting on your tummy before you learn to crawl and then crawling before you learn to walk and then walk, walking before you learn to learn. It's just part of the plan of God and, and to circumvent that will, will cause problems. It will cause problems. It's like someone finding a cocoon and, and the butterfly or the caterpillar is trying to now as a butterfly break its way out and you say, oh, I'll just help you out. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll shorten your process and you tear open the cocoon and the butterfly comes out but it can't live it can't fly because part of its process of breaking out of the cocoon builds its strength so that it can fly so you, you by taking the process away you took this very strength that it would need to fly to go to the next level so I'm, I believe the Lord is saying this to us that for all that will be watching this online and around the, the, the states of America and, 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 and even other countries in the world, but also in this house because uh, we don't want to despise the process. We want, to, we want to embrace the process with diligence, whatever assignment God has given us in whatever area of life, and keep, keep the zeal and keep pressing in and through that. Because there's more to prosperity than a one-time offering and confessing a prosperity scripture every now and then. I'm here to tell you that. You can go around and say, well, he became poor that we might be made rich. That's Bible. Uh, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's Bible. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's Bible. Well, God delights in the prosperity of his children. Yep, you're preaching the word. Well, God will prosper you and your children more and more. That's right out of the word, I tell you. Given it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, good measure, running over. You're, you're preaching, you're preaching. But you're just confessing a scripture every now and then and, and throwing money at God every now and then. Let me tell you what, that is not diligence. That's not diligence. These scriptures, let me tell you what, as true as they are, the Bible also says in the word, only the diligent man prospers. Only the diligent man prospers. So you must be diligent in your giving. You must be diligent in confessing the word of God. You must be diligent at your current level of finances. You need to pay your bills and you need to pay them on time. Why in the world are you adding to your debt load by having late uh, charges all the time? That doesn't make sense. That's a sign that, that you're not being diligent in your finances. And, and if you were to look back over the years and see all the money the devil stole from you because of your lack of diligence with late charges, you'll be like, wow, I, I could, I could uh, you know, invest it in uh, Procter & Gamble or whatever. I don't know. Don't, don't go invest. I don't even know if they're a company anymore. But I just that popped out of my head. So that wasn't the Lord. Okay. But pay your bills on time. Uh, uh, don't get into debt for things that you can do without. Uh, Pastor Rodica and I, we, let me tell you what, we started off and we were, it, it was the basics. And Brother Jeff, you remember, I mean, you've been around a long time. We was in a little old house over here. I don't know if you guys ever, you guys, we lived in a little tiny, little old brick ranch here. The termites had eaten the floor joists from under it. The floor was a trampoline. So you had to walk around in order not to go, because it was the tongue and groove uh, oak floors that was the only thing holding it together. Uh, I had an uh, engineer, uh, construction uh, company come and look under it, and they said, you know, we can't even shore anything up. There's nothing to shore. There's just these oak boards hanging there. There's nothing. Everything's gone. It's eaten up. And there's so much water under here and, and all because this property is always so low. And 
But, you know, we, we, it was, it was, it was humbling. But it was also fun, wasn't it? Because we had dreams and we had uh, things that we wanted to reach out for. And, 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 and when we would uh, work up to it and we would get to this and work up to that and get to that, it was so rewarding. It was just so rewarding, so much so that when the Lord began to bless us in business and, uh, in just a tremendous way, we said, we're not just going to go and get anything we want. We're just not going to do that. We're going we're to take this and put it in an investment, and when the investment earns enough to get that, then we'll get that. But we're not just going to you know, take our seed and, and just get anything. We could. It's here we could, but we're going to take that. And, and, and some stuff we're still waiting on. We're still waiting on it. But it's so exciting, and it keeps us in that, I believe, the, 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 the cycle that God has for us of that process. Process is so, so very important. So we must understand that we have to be diligent in our current level of finances. And we must understand that it's good to wait and save and, and pay cash for things, especially luxury items, you know, to pay cash for them. And uh, that's just, it, 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 you know, the flesh doesn't like that. But you keep feeding the flesh and see if it's your friend or not. The Bible says it'll lead you to destruction. The Bible says the flesh will lead you away from God. The Bible says the flesh will usher in the demonic spirits of hell. The Bible says the flesh left unchecked will lead you to death. And that word death means a living death. So it's not just dying and not breathing. It's a living death. And let me tell you what. I want life. I want the abundant life that Jesus has. And if that part of that is a process of diligence that we don't go and, and try to, to, to drink the whole amount of water we need in our whole life at one time and drown, that we go through the processes, I think that's a good thing. Amen. I don't know if you know people or not that expect uh, the same pay as someone else who's been there maybe 12 or 20 or 30 years uh, with seniority. You know, it's like length of service is not taken into account and character is not taken into account and whether the individual has a high or low maintenance uh, for the employer is not taken into account. Tardiness, absenteeism, all these things are not taken into account. It's just this spirit, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, 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 give me, give me, is there. Let me tell you what, we as Christians should go into the workforce and we should be the best employees. And if God puts you in as an employer, you should be the best employer on planet Earth. You should take the principles of God's Word and put them to work. Let the light shine in the marketplace. Don't be a Sunday-only Christian inside the four walls of a church building. We are the church, and we are to take the reputation, and we are to take the principles of God into the marketplace. We could have a revival like none we've ever seen before if every person who claims to be a Christian in a church building would go out and live it out being a Christian in the world. I'm telling you, it would turn the world right side up because the light would expose the darkness, the salt would bring preservation to the goodness and the character and the blessings and the favor of God. And God needs instruments. He has created it that He would use instruments of righteousness, which are His sons and daughters, to usher this in. And this diligence ties right in that. I say, what's wrong with starting at the bottom and working your way to the top? What's wrong with that? 
We have a very successful business and, and it would be very easy for us to bring our son, Townsend, he's just turned 19, and to bring him in and put him right at the top. But you know what? What I respect about him is he too, when we shared this with him years ago, he says, I want to start at the bottom. I want to understand how everything works level by level so that when, if God does bless me with a higher role, I can have empathy, understanding, and be able to educate those through the pitfalls and the challenges that are in those levels. And uh, he says, I want to start cleaning the bathrooms. I want to start vacuuming. I want to start uh, uh, doing the, the, the maintenance of anything you need, any, running errands. And believe it or not, he's still doing some of that every week, and we appreciate that so much. But over the years, we've been able to entrust him with more, bring him into uh, decision-making uh, meetings, and, and also that he can be a part of the process. But it, it's healthy to do it that way. You, you need to, you, you actually enjoy, there's a joy that comes going through the process, reaching those, uh, those milestones. There's a joy that comes with that. I believe one of the saddest things I've ever seen is people who are born with a silver spoon in their mouth or a ministry that takes off and overnight becomes a multi tens of thousands of people and, and it's almost inevitable. I pray and some have brought wisdom around them and, 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 and training around them and elders around them that has helped them not do it but more than likely it always goes and it becomes a big splash and then it affects a huge community and it becomes the talk of the neighborhood and it does more harm for the kingdom than good for the kingdom. It's like too much came on somebody too quickly when they weren't able to handle that. They lost their family. They lost their health. They lost everything, even the ministry. And I just say, Lord, help us stay with diligence and take it in your process, in your time, step by step. Whatever the next step is, Lord, I'm ready to go to it but because I'm ready to keep pressing in. I'm pressing on. And that's how we need to be. We need to be faithful where we're at. I remember starting as a bag boy at the uh, red and white grocery store in Andrews, South Carolina. And uh, bag boy back then, you know, you, you didn't get paid a whole lot. And you take the groceries out and you put them into the cars and you might get tipped a dime. You might get tipped. Man, if I got tipped 50 cents, I said, wow, this is amazing. I got to make sure to fight for her groceries next time because she's a good tipper. And uh, and I remember starting, and, and it was about that same time I had my experience that um, where I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and and uh, you've heard my testimony. But uh, and and then my my father was saying, you know, I need you to go and do this and this and this, and it wasn't things that would be pleasing to the Lord. And first time in my life, I told my dad, I can't do that; those things are wrong. And uh, and and the enemy, it wasn't him, but the enemy rose up through him. And said, basically, get out and you let your God feed you. Uh, if you stay here, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And I'll say whether it's right or wrong. And, uh, and it was just so immoral what he wanted me to go to do. I just, as a new Christian, I just couldn't do it. And, uh, and I remember taking the little grocery bags. You know, sometimes now you can ask for paper. They say paper or plastic. It was those pa uh, the paper grocery bags. And I put my, my, my belongings in, in that and took it out in my old 69 Ford Fairlane that was burning uh, oil that every 200 miles I had to stop and clean the spark plugs, a little slant six in it, and to even, because it started running like old Volkswagen, you know, and to even get it going. But that's what I got in, and I lived in that, 
uh, and I would go into the grocery store. They opened very early in, uh, where the bakery department would come in, and, uh, and I would just go there and just to chit-chat with the ladies and, and, uh, that were cooking in the bakery and stuff. Uh, they were like grandmas. And, I mean, they were just precious, precious, and they were like, what you doing out sort of? I said, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go work out at the gym and at the school before classes begin and all, but I'd go and wash in the sink. They didn't know I was doing that in the men's room. And uh, sometimes the school would open. I could get into the gym and shower uh, there as well. But, you know, uh, but I kept going to work after, after I was in high school. And I'd go to work after classes. And, and I was diligent. I, and, and, and it wasn't anything. I wasn't, I wasn't smarter than anyone else there. I wasn't, it wasn't anything. But I would show up early and I would leave late. If, if I was supposed to be in at 3 o'clock, if my classes ended at 2.15, I went straight there. And I would say, Mr. Um, well, Wyman, uh, Main, Mr. Main, is there anything I could do? I'm here early. I'd be glad to do it. He said, well, you're not supposed to punch in until 3. I said, I won't punch in, but, you know, I'm here if you need anything. And, he, and I, you know, just, you know, I was given. I was given of myself. And the next thing I know, they bring me in and they give me, uh, you know, uh, offer to become the assistant manager because the assistant manager had surgery and it was something he couldn't recover from quick enough and they were going to have to, uh, a lot of therapy and all, so they needed an assistant manager. So I went from bag boy, and I was only there for several months, so I am now the assistant manager with a uh, profit sharing, with uh, insurance, with, you know, all this stuff that I didn't even understand what all that was, and a salary, and, uh, and, and I closed the store down. I'd come in right after school and close it down at 11 and do the deposit and get the police to follow me to the bank to do a night deposit. And it was all because when I look back over, I said, how did that promotion, how, how did that stuff happen that way? Well, it was the diligence. It was the power of diligence. It was, it was, it was uh, keeping the pressure on and the zeal to do a good job. I wanted to be the best bag boy there was uh, because I, I didn't know what my future was and I didn't think it was going to be bagging groceries the rest of my life, but I said, I'm going to be the best bag boy I can. Next thing you know, I'm assistant manager. I'm like, how do you jump from that to here? Diligence. I have to give God all the praise and the glory, but I had to participate. I couldn't sit in an easy chair recliner and expect it to happen. I had to get involved in it with a good attitude. 2 Peter 1, 3 says this, As His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly and great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers. See here, God wants you to partake. Look at yourself right now. I know you can't, but if you got your phone, you could do the little camera and flip it around and look at yourself. But, but I'm talking about look within yourself and say, God wants me to partake of the divine nature. He wants you to partake of his divine nature. He has a super that he wants us to experience in the natural. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And look what he says. How do you do that? He says, for this very reason, given all diligence. Do you see that in verse 5? Given all diligence. You've got to give all... How are you going to partake of the divine nature of God? You give all diligence. And in your diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly, brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and they abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren... Be even more 
diligent. He is saying this is our key. This is the turning point. Be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance with the, will be supplied to you abundantly into everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what. We see there's a process here. And, and, and we must understand the process has to be undertaken with diligence. There needs to be diligence in your work ethic. There needs to be diligence in your relationships. There needs to be diligence for you as a husband. There needs to be diligence for you who are a wife. You need to be diligent for you who are mothers. You need to be diligent for you employees. You need to be diligent for you employers. You need to be diligent, you who are children of God. Diligence, diligence in everything. Even ministry, it takes diligence. 2 Peter 1.10, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, he said. And the Amplified would say that, be meticulous and eager to make your calling sure. So we have to participate with the spirit of diligence in pursuing the Lord, pursuing what God has for us. Let me, let me kind of wrap things up with this in Deuteronomy 8, uh, 28 and verse 8. The Bible says that God will bless all that you undertake. And, and, and all that you put your hand to. That's part of the blessing. You see it? The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. As you move into the promises of God, the blessing of God is going to be upon your hand. Upon your hand. So you've got to be diligent to put your hand to it. It's just not that you fall into the blessings of God. It's not that you just walk into the blessings of God. He says, I'm putting the blessing before you, but I'm putting the blessing on your hand. So what you put your hand to. So we want to put our hand, we want to be diligent to put our hands to things. And we want to stick with it. When it, the tough, when, you know, when they say, uh, you know, when the tough gets, things go, get going, the tough, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Yes, there we go. Preach it to me here. So we've got to, rebuke this, this lazy spirit that the enemy tries to get on us. I quit. I quit. I just, I'm not going to do it. I quit. I'm not going to stay with this. I quit. I'm going to give up. You, you got to get that out of your mind. And you got to understand the power of heaven is going to be manifest through my life on earth if I'll stick with it, if I'll keep my hand with it for that which the Lord has called me to be with. Amen? So we've got to be diligent and press in and press through, knowing that God's favor is going to bring about the abundance that needs to be in whatever, whatever area, whatever side it is. So let's not be hasty. Let's not uh, be impatient. Uh, if it, God, you don't do it today, you don't do it by 1 o'clock uh, tomorrow afternoon, then I'm just going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm not going to serve you anymore. I'm not going to declare your favor anymore. I'm not going to believe you for healing anymore. I'm not going to believe you for a breakthrough anymore. I'm not going to believe you for a promotion anymore. God, I've been with this company three days now, and I have not gotten a raise yet. Lord, if they don't give me a raise by tomorrow, I'm out of here. And you're starting all over. You're like a plant that's being re uh, uprooted, uprooted, uprooted. That plant's not going to bear, if it lives, it's not going to bear fruit because the shock of it always being uprooted and you're always running after some, some mystical dream somewhere. Let me tell you what. You can stick to a position in, in, a, in a cement plant. If you, I don't know why you see that. Just the dusty cement plant with the favor of God on you. 
you can prosper and be fattened. You can prosper and see the supernatural provision of God. And uh, so it's not the place and it's not the title. It's, it's the process that you're willing to stick with. And, and we're not talking just money. We're talking every area of life. We have to be diligent, even in pursuing the Lord. And I'm telling you, I'm preaching to the choir here on Wednesday night, a rainy Wednesday night. Daylight savings has just changed. It's dark now at 2 in the, two in the afternoon. It's dark. Well, not, not quite. It just seems like that. And, uh, and here you are on a school night here in the house of God. So I'm preaching to the choir, but let me tell you what. I want to help give you instruction so that you can help take it to others. You can take it to your employers. You can take it to your employees. You can take it to your friends. You can take it to your family. You can take it in your own life and see the blessing of God. Amen. I want to thank you for being here tonight. I want to thank you for wanting to know more about God in His Word. And I want to thank you for your diligence that has been displayed here tonight. And I just want to go ahead and say to you, expect the supernatural favor of God to be manifested as that, that which you put your hands to. Expect it. You just go ahead and say it. I have, I'm operating in the power of diligence. I am here. I am serving God. I'm worshiping God on a Wednesday night. It's not required of me, but I pressed in and because I know God. I want God. I want to know Him more. I want an opportunity to bless Him and do what He loves. And He loves it when we gather together and sing and pray and study his word he loves that he tells us in his word he loves that and here I'm loving on my God I'm blessing my God and now as you walk out of here I want you to understand that the blessing that you've given unto God in diligence is on you and he wants you to take that blessing so when you go and put your hand to whatever you do the hand to the plow whatever you do I want you to say let the blessing of God be on this this day let the blessing of God be take your checkbook let the blessing of God be on this take whatever you want because the blessing is on your hand he said and if you have faith faith like Enoch to release that God says that pleases me in a great way amen Amen. Let's stand together as we come uh, to a close here tonight. And I just want to pray a prayer uh, for us as we leave. Father, I want to thank you. I want to bless you. I want to praise you and magnify your holy name. You are good. You're so good to us. You are so faithful. You are holy. You are worthy. And I just think, Lord God, that we should, we should always take every opportunity that we have to ascribe glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving to you. You're such a good, good God. We thank you for your children that are here tonight, God. We pray, God, as we go into this night, we would go in your power, we would go in your anointing, we would go in your favor, Lord God. Lord, let the diligent, let the diligent rise. Let the diligent walk out, God, to be diligent to share your word with others, to be diligent, Lord God, to share your love with others. To be diligent, Lord God, to be light and to be salt. To be diligent, Lord God, to be a change agent in this world. Lord God, that we would be the church, diligently be the church. And Lord God, we would take it into the marketplace. We would take it into our schoolrooms. We would take it, Lord God, into every seven mountain that is out here of, a, of this society, Lord God. To be a representative of you and your glory and your honor. Hallelujah. So, Lord God, as we go, we go in your peace, we go in your blessings, and we go in your protection. In Jesus' name we go. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.